0: Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to the latest PR Moment Podcast. This is our March review of the PR pitches and acquisitions scene uh, with Andrew Block. Andrew, for for those of you that don't know, is co-founder and non-executive director at Frank PR, and he's got a new job title. He's client lead of PR's social content and influencer at the new business consultancy firm, AAR. He's also um, a partner at PCB Partners, where he advises on the buying and selling of PR marketing services agencies. Thanks also to our PR Moment podcast sponsors, the PRCA, and just to let you know that tickets are now on sale for the PR Moment Awards in London on Thursday, the 20th of April, and in Manchester on the 25th of April. Andrew, welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me back, Ben.
0: Um, congratulations on your new job title. Um, go on, give us your roundup of um, the latest uh, PR pitch wins in, uh, in UK PR.
1: Of course. Um, busy month, actually. Um, very good month for the Academy. They've had two wins. So they won Peroni, which is part of the Asahi group. Mm-hmm. Um, they were already working on Asahi um, and now they've been brought on for the broader portfolio. Um, and that's a,
0: that's a big one, is it?
1: It sounds like a big one, that. Yeah, it is a big one. It's also a bit of a trend, that i've seen in the last few months of clients where they're working with agencies on a project basis and they're happy rather than go out to pitch or work with several different agencies they're starting to transform those briefs into retained bits of business so good news when you're doing a good job so the project
0: sort of actually becomes a bit of a trial
1: yeah i mean i don't know whether it starts off originally as a trial but it shows confidence in an agency and to me it's yeah, try before you buy. So so, yeah. so,
0: do we know whether that one was part of a competitive pitch or was it Was it you've done well for this project and we're just going to give you the retainer now?
1: That is my understanding, but I can neither confirm nor deny because I'm not 100% right. sure. Right. Um, and go on, what was the other one they won? So they also won Marie Curie, um, which was a brief that I ran through the AAR, um, mm-hmm. hotly contested. Um, Marie Curie obviously do an amazing job with end-of-life care for people with terminal illness. This brief was all about reaching more people to make them aware of the vital work that Marie Curie's done. People have a broad understanding, but there's a lot more to Marie Curie than meets the eye and that people understand. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do actually. It was a it was a great pitch process. Great. Um, and a win for Maven. A win for Maven. So Maven won at the perfume shop. I know you use them regularly. Um, Two-year retained brief. Um, it's like not, I mean, completely out of the ordinary, but I guess, again, showing confidence and wanting stability in an agency.
0: What does that say on the contract side of things? It's quite interesting, isn't it? To To... Um year contract for want of a better phrase is that is that something that, that do, do, do people use that to try and get a better rate or what, what's the thinking behind that would you say
1: sometimes I mean when there's a procurement department involved often they will trade a longer notice period a longer contract period in exchange for preferential rates but potentially it's just because clients want a bit of stability they've got a campaign ahead of them that they know is going to go beyond a year so why not contract the agency for a couple of years? If I was being cynical, I'd say it's relatively meaningless. There's always going to be a break clause in a contract. So if you're on a three-month or a six-month break, it doesn't really matter if you've got a two-year contract, a five-year contract. But it's a statement of intent, which I think is is a good one. And Maven were with their previous agency for six years. So I think, you know, they obviously like to stick with people that they know. Right. Um and Forster, they've they've had a win. Yeah, big win for them, actually. They've won Transform, which is this um, its a public-private partnership initiative which is led by Unilever, um, but also involves the UK Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office and EY. Um, and what it's all about is allowing corporates, donors, investors to support projects primarily across Asia and Africa. So it's, the initiative is going to help to tackle environmental challenges, improve health, well-being, start to build inclusive economies. It's a global programme which is designed to raise awareness of the research that Transform have done and going to help them expand the initiative. It's a corporate and content creation brief. So, you know, tough, tough old brief, um, but a really nice one.
0: Right. Um, And a raft of wins for full fat.
1: Yes, Full Fat have won nine festivals. Um, I mean, they've got
0: a monopoly on festivals in the UK. I don't know how many festivals are there in the UK. I suppose there's a bit more than nine.
1: There's a lot more than nine. They haven't got a monopoly, but they are very well known and well averse to handling festivals. They're actually not. It's not just in the UK. It's across Europe as well. So um, things like Cisget, um, which is an electronic beach festival in Hungary um through to local british festivals right um, also festival people stuff like that um, so well the, if you enjoy
0: if you enjoy festival go and have a look at uh, and work for full fat in pr in essence that's, that, that's our message um and pha have won something
1: yes they've won the consumer and corporate work from Santori to work across Lucasaid, aid ribena orangina so that's that's a really nice one for those. I was going to say, I mean, that sounds that sounds like a, a, a big one again. does sound like a brief, big one. Sorry, I can't get my words out. I, they haven't disclosed the budget, um, but having worked on a couple of those brands previously, I can tell you that they're pretty healthy and chunky budgets. And also, again, in the past, Suntory have split out their brands with different agencies. It's quite interesting to see that they've consolidated all of their soft drinks business into one agency maybe a simplicity thing maybe a cost efficiency thing um but either way good news for pha
0: yeah a a significant win for them i suspect um and msl have won renault is that
1: right and now what what sort of brief is that it's actually a social media brief okay and it is a chunky one um six figures is what they've quoted um do, I mean, do we have any idea six figures annually is that that's what
0: that means, right? Six figures annually.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's normally with these things close to low six figures as opposed to sort of being yeah. at the top end. But who knows? Um, it's a social first creative and influencer brief um, across all of their big car launches going to be helping to communicate the expansion of their electrification program and growing the e-tech side of the brand. Um Pretty significant, really, that a PR agency has won a social brief. And as you alluded to in your introduction, I've now expanded my role. So whereas previously I was looking after all of the PR pitches for AAR, now, um, together with Rebecca Nunley, I'm looking after social digital content. And that is really just, I guess, first of all, there's been this huge influx in briefs coming in I mean just an enormous amount of social digital content influencer briefs but also it's in recognition of the breaking down of the traditional silos of marketing and I know we touched on this last time we spoke last month but now clients I think are are more confused with than ever with which agencies to turn for for which particular bits of their marketing brief that they need answering um, it's it's great to see a PR agency win an account like this. I don't know whether they pitched against other PR agencies or whether it was against specialist social um, and influencer shops, but it shows that PR agencies, when they're at the top of their game, and MSL have a very, very strong social division led by Neil Kleiner, um, it shows that when they're at the top of their game, they can beat the best and they can right. beat the specialists.
0: Right, just a couple of questions on that then. Um, are PR firms winning more than they're losing in that in 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 that in getting more influencer briefs, or is it pretty as you were?
1: I think it depends on the nature of the briefs. So, yeah, for me, PR has storytelling at its heart.
0: Yeah, but it's they t- all say that. I mean, creators I know they all say that. that as well. Um,
1: yeah. What differentiates the good? PR agencies from the weaker agencies in this space, is their ability to be analytical, to be strategic as well as creative, to be able to layer on paid and performance marketing, to understand the nuances of influencer marketing. And, you know, I'm not talking about sort of hashtag gifted, I'm talking about big influencer campaigns where, you know, you're competing against some of the biggest media agencies in the world, who know exactly how to analyse reach. But PR agencies should always have an edge in terms of being able to generate engagement. And engagement is what is going to take a good campaign to a great campaign in terms of results. But, you know, having now run quite a lot of social-specific pitches and influencer-specific pitches, there's notable differences in terms of the way that agencies approach it from a strategic point of view. and. From um, an analytical point of view, actually, creative-wise, nine times out of ten, the creative I see coming out of the PR agencies is right up there with the best in the world. It's the other areas that sometimes let let them down.
0: And just to confirm, that's that's the the overlapping to paid and the, and the data and analytics that, that tends to tends they to come can be a bit more wanting.
1: Yeah, and also the strategy that comes upfront understanding which channels to be on how to use each channel's frequency of posting amount of spend all of those kind of areas that come before you get into the you know developing the insight will then lead into the creative and the execution side of things so they've sort of a lot of PR agents have the middle bit right but don't have the sandwich of the, of the sort of upfront and the end bit and that's to be fair, the secret source is probably getting those creatives that work
0: in a, in an earned media social environment, isn't it? And you can you can purchase the the people to give you better strategy and data. I don't know about easily, but you know what I mean. It's it's not it's a it's it's you it's almost the, the less difficult problem of the three, isn't it?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I, you know, look, I'm a PR man through and through. Will always advocate that PR should be at the centre of everything. But yes completely and you know what you're seeing with the strong agencies like msl but also kind of smaller agencies that have launched content divisions The sort of taylor herring stir have just launched a content division you've got the academy that have content division you, all of these the work is excellent like it, it really is um and i think clients you know, what they're coming to AAR for, for is to figure out who is best placed to handle these kind of briefs. They, you know, the yeah. media agencies undoubtedly understand the paid side of it, but do they understand how to, how to generate editorial reach? The ad agencies are sometimes, not always, but sort of giving a Rolls Royce solution to something that doesn't need it and don't necessarily have the capabilities to work at pace and speed. The PR agencies don't necessarily, you know, as, as we've said, understand how to measure or how to build the strategy. But everyone is raising their game. And really for clients, it's figuring out which who's best placed to handle the specific elements of their brief. And that's something we're getting asked more and more and more. And that's why we've expanded our offering sure this area. And that's why I- I'm working alongside Rebecca, who does the traditional advertising, Hannah, who does the performance marketing because the lines have blurred completely uh I just we've got loads to get through but just last question on that I I just a brief reply
0: if I May where where are we with with the sort of future of of influencer agencies are they sort of going the same way as digital agencies are they do do you think they'll that that they won't that, that they're sort of in decline because the other PR firms and creative firms are and media media agencies are starting to dominate a bit more or is there still room for those specialist influencer shops
1: there is definitely still room for for specialist influencer shops. And if you look at the best ones, they are advancing in terms of their technology, their analytics, the way that they make it easy for brands to work with influencers and vice versa. So, and there's a, you know, at the other end of the scale, there are sort of the more tactical influencer agencies who are a bit more like agents, but the real growth area is in the, specialist influencer agencies that again think like a media agency think like an ad agency so if you look at people like billion dollar boy goat um gleam futures um i've just joined the advisory board of talent village which is using technology to bring together creators and brands these agencies are flying at the moment um Right. So I don't see, you know, as as influencer marketing becomes more and more and more significant to the results of a of a client, they're not they're not going anywhere. Even if other agencies do build specialisms and strengthen their capabilities in those areas. Right. Um, now, come on, let's rattle through the rest because we're 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 running out of time. Um, a good win uh, for Hope and Glory. Yeah, nice one for Hope and Glory. They won trade line, so they're looking after PR, influencer, creative, starting to take the brand in a new direction, extending... Right. and who was that? Sorry, that was...
0: Trainline.
1: Trainline, I thought that's what you said, right, okay. Yes, and actually, um... Hope and Glory have been working with them on a project basis um, for the last few years, so again, backs up that theory of stick to what you know, tried and tested... And another win for the Romans. We seem to mention them a fair bit on the show. I know, I'll try and leave them out next month, but they keep winning stuff. So um, Candy Crush, um, which is part of King. So big, big brief, this one. Global consumer PR, agency of record. So that's going to be events, stunts, press office, creative across predominantly US and UK, right in the Roman sweet spot. They want them to inject them into popular culture, which is what the Romans are so good at doing so yeah i'm quite jealous yeah.
0: that and it's nice to see a um a uk consumer shop doing it's early days for them in new york but they seem to be doing okay over there
1: they seem to be doing okay um as someone who's been there and done it and know how difficult it is to do um i'm I- incredibly respectful and in admiration of anyone that can crack that market not an easy one sure um yeah. and tin man um they've, they've they've won another one Yes, they have won another one. Also, they've been on a great run recently. They've just won Smart Energy GB. I say they've won it yet again. Sort of, they have worked with them and been part of their roster for the last few years. But they have just been given all of the sort of news, generation, content, partnerships, influencer work um, at a really important time. If you don't know that you know, Smart Energy GB are the non-profit that's government backed informing public about smart meters and as we all know as energy prices are going through the roof i'm sure they've got their work cut out for them but it's a, it's a big old client great win for them right um and moving on to MA, what have we got moving on to m a slightly slower this month um for no particular reason whatsoever um fin partners another acquisition for them i feel like they're making acquisitions almost on a monthly basis they've just acquired I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Hyderus. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave that one with you. Let's go with that. Yeah, That's what they're now called. Um, um, but they're a health agency, right? They are. Yeah, they're health comms. They're based um, in Ireland and Wales, actually. So, okay. I mean, the health market has been one of the hottest acquisitive areas for the last couple of years. Well, forever, yeah. Yeah. Maybe forever, Yeah, but I've only been doing this for a couple of years, and I know that everyone wants <laughs> health agencies. So it's going to um, depth and Finn's global health practice. For Hydras, it's going to help them get global reach. Um And Finn is, you know, it's sizable. They're now nearly 1,500 employees, about 250, 300 of those in their health division. Um they're a big old firm, 160 yep. million revenues, really increasing at pace. Yeah, they um, an
0: ambitious outfit. Um, and Gin, um, which is a name has been around for a while, but they they just bought something.
1: Yeah, Gina, um Digital PR and, and Influence Agency. They just bought Opinion Act, who are a consulting firm that um, they specialise in online behavioural analysis and digital strategies. So. It's going to expand Gin's presence and offering across Europe in that area. You know they're, they're still relatively small, mid-sized, I guess, hundred and twenty odd staff, but they've got some great clients: TikTok, Five Guys, Tinder, just to name three of my favourite brands. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's an interesting one. You and be careful
0: with those burgers, other- um, Andrew. But and then and then the last one we've got is is um, uh, 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 Propeller and uh, and Martin Lo. What's been going on there?
1: Yeah, so Martin Lote, um, somewhat of an industry legend, been around for what seems like forever, but a lovely, lovely guy. He has just um, completed an MBO um, and passed the agency on to Kieran Kent, who's the MD, Jodie Osmond, who's their business growth director. Um, they're such a great agency. They're a B2B specialist Um They've got brilliant clients, Samsung advertising, Mediacom Nielsen, Pearl and Dean crowd, super Union you know they're the agency that agencies turn to when they want to generate PR. Um, they also have, which is quite unusual for a PR agency, a lead generation um service by uh, their sort of business development arm. Um, they've been growing really really nicely in the last year or so they, they actually right. grew their fee income by 50 percent last year and that that deal is um, backed by an investment group called triple point. So I said, it's, it's not an EOT this one, is it? It's, some, it's someone's EOT. put some money in. Someone has put some money. So um really happy for Martin because I think he's such a nice guy and has been a, a you know, good industry friend of mine since as long as I can remember. And I think it's a really nice story that the agency is now being led by the next generation. And I wish them all all the success in the world with that. Brilliant. Andrew, thank you so much for this week's update. Pleasure as always, Ben. Thanks so
0: much. And a final plug there, don't forget um, to go onto the PR Moment Awards site to uh, grab your tickets for the awards, which are happening next month.
1: Thanks for listening to the PR Moment Podcast,
0: produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.